We're on page Kuf Ches, 178, top, uh, second line. And we have just been speaking about how um, Shem Havaye, which is Kulachad Im Ani, which is totally one with the Atmos Amaitzel, the essence, infinite essence of Hashem, which is the source of the world of Atzilis. Not only has, has it, has, does it have the ability to bring the supernatural and the natural together, to bring the two opposites together, he's Chabrus, like we were saying before, that's what Yisrael became so excited about when he saw that specifically Havaya is greater than all of the king. And he saw the unification of the Seve with the Mamali, of the uh, infinite energy of Hashem, basically being the distant cause for all things that's happening within the, the miracles the miracles of Egypt. Not the blatant miracles, but the ones that were behind nature. Because he saw that the supernatural can come one with the natural, and that's a more amazing feat than just breaking nature. So not only is Shemavai the source for that idea of bringing the supernatural within the nature, while nature is still existing, and also the breaking of nature and nullification of nature comes from Shemavai. And then we, we wanted to explain that Likim is the numerical covenant of Hatava of nature. Because nature, it refers to the divine energy, which basically enclosed within creation in an internal way becomes hidden within creation. The Kayach Alikib becomes an internal, enclosed in an internal way within the worlds to the extent which the worlds and the creations are, are so to say, clothing, veiling that energy. So therefore, it seems like just the world is running by nature and not by divine intervention. Um, however, Shema does not come enclosed in an internal way within the worlds. Even the external radiate radiation, the ray of Shemavaya, which does clothe and clothe in the worlds, even that still is not sent within the worlds, like it says in Kaddish Kavaya, still removed Kaddish. I mean, in the essence, not just the external radiation, but the essence of Avaya, it is totally above becoming a clothed and internal way within the worlds. And then we want to explain what, this idea. So Havaya and Alikim generally refer to the Eiris and the Kalim, the simple abstract divine energy, and the Kalim, the defined limitation which limits that simple energy. And the Kalim being that they are a Metzias, they're in existence, and they have a limitation to them. Therefore, from the Shem Alikim is drawn down uh, when the, the simple Oyer Vashem of Havaya is fuddled through that Kli, it becomes an enclosed and internal way in each creation according to its level. However, Shem Havaya itself is, which is just a simple air, even though it's already an air which is extended from the essence, it's already in a level which is going to eventually come into creation. But being that it is totally one with the source of the Ani, Ani Havaya Kulachad, with the, totally one with the air and Seifa Maitzel, therefore it cannot become enclosed within the worlds yet and has to have the funnel of the Kalim in order to become relate to the worlds. And on the contrary, if you have the revelation of Havaya itself, it becomes a nullification of nature, Shidudotava, totally breaking of nature. Like it says by the miracles of Egypt, that the, through them the Egyptians should know that I need Avaya, the power of Avaya, specifically. That through the revelation of Avaya, that's what brings about the breaking of the nature, these miracles of the ten plagues and the splitting of the sea. And this is where we are on the second line for the top. Now we can through this, we we'll understand this explanation the difference between Avaya and Alakim, Oyer and Kli. We are, I'll be able to understand what it says in another place, explain in another place, but Tera Eir, Dimaschah Smeili Tachas Tereshi, and Tera Eir, the Mimer entitled Smeili Tachas Tereshi's left hand is under my head, Mavur, Dimashah Malachim, the Karim, Meshem Alikim. It's explained that why the angels sometimes are called by the name of Alikim, the they're called by the divine name of Alikim. Besides the fact that we were saying earlier, they're called Alikim because they have this power invested in them within, Hashem, within from Hashem to be the funnel and the concealment to, for the divine energy so it should be able to reach creation. Another reason why they're called Alikim, because they're totally nullified to Hashem, 
They have no feeling of their independent and existence. They have. They do not have any importance. They don't take up any place at all, compared to the divine energy which is enlivening them, which is giving them life every moment. They don't have any importance. They don't have any place. In them mukim, as if they don't take up any place at all. They're totally nullified. All there is the, is the divine energy which is enlivening, enlivening them. Whereas us, we have divine energy enlivening us every moment, but we are not totally bottled to that. We have our own feelings, and sometimes Chazor Shalom people even go against that divine energy which is enlivening them. If they would feel it, they wouldn't be able to go against Hashem's will. So the angels are totally nullified to that divine energy, therefore they have no independent identity at all. Um, they're nullified to the, the godly energy and the um, vitality which is within them. Their whole existence is the godly energy which is within them. They don't have any independent existence besides that divine energy which is enlivening them. And that's why at a time when they're actually sent on a divine mission, that's why they're sometimes even called by the name of David It says, Hagar says to the angel, which told her that she was going to have a son, Yishmol, and Hagar called to to, to this angel, and she called the Lord who spoke to her, you all, you are Kel Roi, by which she meant, have I not, have I not gone on seeing after, after he saw me? Basically, Vatikra, she was calling the angel, which basically came to inform her she was going to have a child, Yishmol, and she was going to conceive. She called that angel by Hashem So how can that be possible? It wasn't Hashem. Um, because the angel is, t- is totally nullified to the energy, divine energy, which is within it. And therefore, it's as if the, it's just the Hashem speaking through this angel. There is no, the angel is just the channel, but there, it's really just the divine energy. It has no independent existence at all. And now, according to this, we can understand why the angels sometimes are called Elikim. It's because of Elikim. Like we said earlier, Elikim refers to the Hateva, the divine energy, which is already become contracted and condensed by the vessels, by the um, specific limited vessels of creation or of the worlds of the, of the spheres. That refers to the energy which is enclosed within creations in an internal way and therefore becomes hidden by creation. So that's why the angels are called Elikim, because of the idea of Elikim, like we just said, um, because of the godly energy which is contracted, condensed within them, which is their whole existence. They have no nothing else of them besides that divine energy. Whereas we... We do have. We feel our own existence. We feel our own personalities. We feel our own wants and desires. And if we work, we can come to a some type of a recognition and a feeling that our existence truly is godliness. But that takes a lot, a lot of divine service of Veda. Whereas the angels, they have no feeling of self at all besides that feeling of that divine energy. That's why they're called Elikim because they are just a, really a, a channel of for Elikos for that that limited divine energy which is shining through them. When we call Malkim, nevertheless, Godel Havai we call Elikim. Still, we say, like Yisrael says, Havaya is greater than all of the kim. Because all of this is still relating to the divine energy, which is symbolized by the name of the kim. Which is the, which we said earlier, is the just the funnels, the channels, the vessels, which conceal the divine energy, which makes it fitting for creation. It's not the infinite essence of the energy. It's just the energy after it's already become defined and limited. Which is all limitation of But Havaye is the divine energy which is connected all the way back to Hashem's very essence, the infinite essence of Hashem. Therefore, this energy is the um, the Havaye relates to this the infinite energy of Hashem, which is totally unlimited. Being that it is totally one with the source of the light, 
totally attached to the source of light, the infinite essence of Hashem, the, the emanator, the source of the world of Atzilus. <coughs> so therefore, even though the Alikim is referring to this divine energy which is enclosed within the angels, and they're totally nullified to that, and therefore they, don't have, they can be called by that actual name because they don't have their own independent existence. But still, Havaya, the level of godliness which is unified with the infinite emanator is totally godl, is greater than Elikim. Like we saw earlier that Hagar called the angel Havaya, the fact that an angel is called sometimes by the name Havaya in the time of his actual mission, Hari Mikomakim, who Maluch, but nevertheless, even though he's called, he's called Havaya, which Havaya is related to that energy which is unified with the infinite, um, infinite uh, essence of Hashem, the infinite divine energy, even though it's called by the Havaya, which is related, which is that higher level than Nilikim, and the time of its actual doing its mission, nevertheless, who Malach, it's still an angel. Which what does a what does a, a Malach mean? The word Malach, the Pirushe Shliach. As the commentators explain that the word Malach actually means a Shliach, and it's used in other places in scripture to refer to a Shliach and not to an actual angel, to a messenger. So therefore, the angel itself, even though it could be nullified to that unlimited divine energy of Havaya, it still, in the end, is just a shliach, just a messenger. The whole idea of a messenger is that it, within him is invested the koyach, the power of the mishaleach, of the one who's sending him. Therefore, it can be called Havaya, because this angel, at the time of its doing its mission, is invested with the power of the infinite essence of Hashem, the infinite um, emanator, because that is obviously the source of all the missions, divine missions. Even though the actual energy which is relating to the angel is maybe a contracted energy which is Elikim, but it has the power of the Mishaleach which is Havayah. Nevertheless, it's still a separate entity, a separate existence from the actual sender, from Hashem himself, and therefore it's called, um, and therefore it's still, even when it's called Havayah, it's obviously not the same idea of, it's not Havayah, obviously, it just has that power from Havayah invested within it. It's, it's what is the angel itself. It's Metzius is really a Lakim, is the godly contracted condensed divine energy. But Shemavaya itself is totally one with the Oyin Seifa Maitzel, the infinite energy of Hashem, the emanator of the world of Metzilis. And concerning the Shemavaya itself, you can't say that it is a messenger for Hashem. Because the messenger is totally one with that divine energy of Havaya, and therefore you can't say that Havaya is a messenger for the Moir. The Uyur is not a messenger for the Moir. The Uyur is totally one with the Moir, with the source of light. The angel is a messenger for the uh, Moir, for Hashem, the infinite emanator of the world of Atzilis. But the Uyur of Havaya is not a messenger. It's not a separate existence. It's totally one. It's totally attached to the source of the light. Therefore you can't call it um, it's totally unified with these, with the emanator, with the source of the light. Now, another, this is what it means that Havaya is greater than all the Likim. Meaning, Havaya is obviously in a higher level than Shemalikim, which is relating to the divine energy, which is contracted and condensed, relating to creation. Havaya, which is totally unified with the infinite essence of Hashem, is obviously greater on a higher level than Alikim. Um, and also the kings referring not only to that divine energy which is contracted related to creation but also to the angels which have that divine energy that limited contracted energy invested and clothed within them and Havaya who is totally one with the Atmos is greater than that 
the level of Elikim, that divine energy which enclosed within the within the creations, within the angels. Shuhu b'chinas ein saif, because Avaya has an aspect of ein saif within it. Infinitude, b'chinas b'ligvul be'etzim, and it's totally unlimited in its very essence, li'es ta'aniya v'havaya kulachad b'chulim, being that, like we explained earlier, that aniyavaya, which implies that havaya, and ani, and the essence, the infinite essence of Hashem is totally one. And therefore, Havaya also has this infinitude towards it by its very essence. And even when, because the angel is going on a divine mission from Havaya, it's always invested with this power from this mission from Havaya, and it's therefore it's called sometimes by Havaya, it's called, the angels called Havaya. Which this seemingly is the idea of the enclosement of the divine energy, the simple divine energy of Havaya within the vessels of Shem Alikim. And see what it's explained about this in Tater Ear in the Hesophis at the back of the Tater Ear in the notes of the Tzemach Tzedek on the Mimer entitled Lahavin in Nebrochis. So sometimes the angel is called Havaya because it's invested by a mission from Havaya, from the infinite, um, basically the infinite essence of Hashem, which this is seemingly idea of the enclosement of now the enclosement of this energy, this mission from Avaya within the kalim of the angel and within the Lekim, but this is obviously totally uncomparable to the Shem Avaya itself, how it's not enclosed within the angel. Because Ani, Hashem, the Atzbasamaitl and Avaya, the divine energy which is now relating to creation, is totally one. Whereas this angel is called by Avaya only because it's going on a mission from that. Um, from Hashem, but it's not, it's not obviously the same as the Hashem Avaya itself, which is totally one attached with the um, infinite emanator of the world of Atsilas. So it's totally incomparable to the Hashem Avaya itself. The angel, how it's being influenced by Hashem Avaya. And that's why we said earlier that why Hashem Avaya can be when you have a revelation of Hashem Avaya, you can have the breaking and the nullification of nature because it's totally one with the Eden Seifa Maitzel, the infinite energy of Hashem, which totally transcends worlds and totally transcends nature, and therefore when you have a revelation of that, it can totally break nature. Amnam, however. Like we said earlier, first we said that that um, this level of Havaya has the ability to be ischabras of two hafachim, of the supernatural with the nature. But one entity without nature being broken fact that there can be a, through the revelation of Avaya the unity of the, the nature with the supernatural this is even more amazing and on a higher level than like we said earlier than just breaking nature because breaking nature that's obvious when you have unlimited revelation it breaks the limitation but when you have the unlimited and it doesn't break the limitation the limitation still stays in its realm and its certain its its specific definitions but the supernatural is within the nature that is a more amazing feat. And that's, that's something which seems to be impossible. That's only in the ability of Hashem. To explain this, how Hashem Avaya both can break nature and also can bring together the supernatural with nature, which is even more amazing feat. The fact that from Hashem Avaya can be drawn down something which totally transcends nature, supernatural, a miracle, um, that's because even though Havaya itself relates already to the process of creation, the godly energy, which is already just a external ray and contracted, diminished um, revelation of godliness, 
it's because it's totally one with the infinite emanator, Hashem's um, infinite revelation, which is the source of the world of Atzilus. Because he has that unification with that, with that unlimited aspect, therefore, from Shem Avaya can be drawn down things which transcend nature, supernatural. We said earlier, Ani Avaya is referring to Ani, which is the infinite energy of Hashem, the infinite revelation of Hashem, is totally one with the revelation of godliness, which is already contracted, limited, diminished, and relates to the worlds in an internalized way. So because of that, meaning Havaye, you would say usually is more of a Mamalikal um, theme to it. It's Yud, K, Vav, K, which is Tzimtzum, Ispashtus, Mshach, Ispashtus is the way that the godly energy relates to creation, the creative process. But because it's unified with Ani, with the Savior Kolom, therefore it has the ability to bring about, even within um, nature, something which is totally supernatural. But the idea that that Shem Avaya can also have two opposites together, the supernatural within the nature, without nature being broken, without nature being totally destroyed. Um, that aspect, that stems from an even higher level, from the essence, the infinite essence of Hashem, which transcends both the infinite revelation of Hashem and the finite revelation, like I said earlier, that even though the Seva of Kolomim is a higher revelation of Godliness, infinite, unlimited, and therefore it does not um, permeate within the creation, is not sensed by them, not felt by them, still it's it's defined, it's mugdur, and it's already mugbol in the sense where it's infinite. It's already revelation. It's already taken an extension from Hashem's essence. It's not the essence itself. And therefore, it's it's already has a certain sense of limitation to it, a mitzias to it, whereas Atma Sarinsev, the essence of Hashem, the infinite essence of Hashem, it's it's totally um, transcends both these ideas, because which are both just um, both just f- uh, revelations from Him, not Him Himself, just extensions from that essence. So therefore, the ischabrus, the bringing together the supernatural with the nature, with the basic, which means seviv and male together, is from the atzmasayin seif, the infinite essence of Hashem, which transcends both of those, and therefore can bring them together, like it's brought in other places in Chassidus. Um, uh, that this marshal, the two malachim, or the op- opposite, the malach Gabriel and malach Michal, basically, which are the malachim which are in charge of Chesed and Gvuda, they are totally, how come they don't basically extinguish each other? How come fire doesn't extinguish the water? The water, I mean, the water doesn't get extinguished by the fire, the fire doesn't totally evaporate up the water because Hashem, Isa Shalom, the name of makes peace between them because basically. When you have a revelation of something which totally transcends the the limitations of both of these ideas, they become totally nullified, bottle and bimitzias. So therefore, their mitzias is not stira is not a stira to each other anymore. Only when they're in their own mitzias, when they're in their own, they each feel their own separate identity. They're they are opposites. Therefore, they can't come together. But when something is mevatal uh, them, totally nullifies them to the extent which they don't feel their mitzias anymore. Therefore, they can come together. And that's this atzvasidin seiv, which transcends both of them totally transcends without any comparison. Therefore. Both of them existence is totally pale before that revelation and come together. And that's why in Shemavai itself you have these two opposites. How do you see the two opposites of Shemavaya? It comes into a contracted, the diminished way in the four specific letters which stand for the creative process of the Yud standing for the Tzimtzum, the Hey Spashtus. Etc. So we see that uh, Havaya comes into a contracted, diminished state, referring to the godly energy which is already contracted and diminished, relating to creation. And also comes into an enclosed in, internal way into the vessels of the spheres, 
Like we said earlier, that Havaya is the Atmos of the Svitas, the Uyr, which includes the Svitas. Nevertheless, we also see the other side, that Havaya relates to this revelation, which is totally simple, abstract, without any definition. Therefore, it's able to go into any of the vessels and be expressed, be channeled in different ways, because it itself does not have any definition. It's totally stripped from all definition, and therefore it has an infinitude towards it. So we see that that's why Havaya itself has these two opposites within it, because it has a revelation within it from the atmosphere and say from the infinite essence of Hashem, which is able to bring together these two opposites. And that's why Havaya can also be poil, these two opposites, the supernatural within the nature, because it's connected all the way back to the infinite essence of Hashem, which can bring together those two opposites. And it's explained in another place, the idea of the kav, the finite, condensed, contracted revelation from Hashem, which is the source for limited worlds, for all of creation, which comes after the initial tzimtzum, the hiding, so that the concealment of Hashem's infinite uh, essence. So it explains about the kav. The kav has also these two has two opposites within it. It's all it's called the kav, the line of measurement. The idea of a line itself is just a finite line. It's you can draw this line. It's a small line. It's not a huge expansive place, and it's called kav amida. It's the the line of measurement because it gives measure to all of creation, meaning limitation. It's the limited, contracted the ray of godliness which creates limited worlds. And also, the other hand, we see the kav is onto the kosher lane. It says that you are, this kav is the same aspect which is limited, brings limitation to worlds. It's also the kosher lane. It brings together, it can interconnects all opposites of all the spheres together and all the worlds and all the creations together. So therefore, you see it has this infinite aspect to it which connects all the opposites together. <laughs> From this aspect, from this level of Shemavaya, which is connected all the way back to the Atzim of Satan, the infinite Atzim of Hashem, which has the ability to bring together opposites, that is what is able to bring about the unification, the bringing together of supernatural within nature while nature still is remaining within its definition. So, going back to what we were saying earlier about the whole idea of Shemaya Godl. His great name, what is a great name referring to? Which he said is referring to Shema Etzim, the greatest name, which is the essential name. It's a Shema Why is it called Godl? Great. Because because it is and it is totally one with Ani, with this the infinite essence of Hashem. Like the Zerah says, that they're totally all one. Havaya, which is the energy which already relates to creation, is totally one with even all the way back to the, not just the Seyvid, but even to the infinite essence of Hashem. Therefore, it is the greatest name. And that's why also Havaya is greater than all Elikim, relating to the godly energy which is already, already hidden within nature. Havaya, which has a connection all the way back to the infinite essence of Hashem, obviously is greater on a higher level than any aspect of Elikim. That's why it's called Hashem's great name. <coughs> it is the name of Hashem, and therefore, it relates to a level of divinity which already relates to creation. A name already is entire magbil something I said earlier. It describes, it limits something. But at the same time, it has a connection all the way back to the infinite essence of Hashem, and Yavaya. Therefore, it's Shmei HaGodl, the greatest level within Hashem's names. So that is finishing the first explanation of Shmei HaGodl. We went back, we were explaining on page Kufayin Aleph 171, Explaining the idea of Meshubachum Fer Adiyad Adiyad is Lashon Nitzchis. His name, his great name, is praised forever. Um, so we first have to preface 
We explained before, Noyam Avaya has two explanations, Noyam, which is the Tainik, which is drawn down from Shem Avaya, or the second explanation, the Noyam Avaya, like the Zerah says, it's a Tainik which is even higher than Avaya. So too, Shmei Agodl has two explanations, and we just finished the first explanation. The first one is that Shem Avaya itself is called Shmei Agodl, like the verse says, Godl Havaya, Umuhul Me'id, that the Havaya itself is Godl, is great. <clears throat> so we explain, now, finish that explanation, why? What is the godless of Havaya? Because even though it's relating to the divine energy within creation, but it's relating to how that energy is interconnected, totally unified with the Atma, so you can say, Femaitzel, the source of all of the worlds, the infinite essence of Hashem. And we didn't explain why this idea of Adi Ad, in Lashem Nitzchis, Shmei HaGod, his great name is, has this Nitzchis to it, but seemingly connects to this idea, because even though it's a name of Hashem, which is already related to limitation, but it connects all the way back to the infinite essence of Hashem, which has an infinity, an unlimited aspect to it, and that's the idea of Nitzchis. So now we come to the second explanation of Shmei HaGadol. But Peter Shabbat is who, the second explanation of his great name is, like we said before, in the Noyam Havaya, like the Zerah explains, it's a Noyam, it's a Tainig, which is even higher than Havaya. So so too, Shmei HaGadol, his great name, is a level which is even transcends Havaya, not Havaya itself. This is referring to the divinity, meaning the infinite essence of Hashem, the source of the world of Atzilus, the emanator, literally, which has not become contracted, diminished at all within the creative process, which is hinted to by the letters of Hashem Avayat. So Shmoy HaGadol can be referring to all the way, meaning literally to the infinite essence of Hashem, the agency of Hamaitzel Mamish, without any Tzimtzum. Whereas before, we're saying, no, it's already after the Tzimtzum, but how that level is connected back to the and this is this explanation of Shmeagodl is referring to a level which has does not come into an enclosement in an internal way within the um within the Kalim of the world of Silas at all. Um and this concerning this level of Shemavaya it says and then it also says, that to his greatness, meaning to this greatness of Shmoy HaGadol, his great name, there is no fathoming, there is no chakira. You can't inspect it properly. You cannot fathom it. You cannot understand it and grasp it at all. And that's why it says, not Gadol Havaya, not the greatness of just one of the names of Hashem, but to his greatness, meaning the greatness of his very essence is not able to be inspected, fathomed. To his Essential greatness, meaning the, referring back to the greatness of there is no fathoming at all. Beginning in that verse, it says, "For Avaya is great and very much praised." That this aspect of the name of Avaya, I mean, this is referring to the first explanation of Shem Avaya, relating to already the divine energy which is within creation. So. Even though it's great because it's interconnected on the Avaya, it's connected all the way back to the Atom Sayyidin Sayyid. Like I explained earlier, that it also has an essential uh, infinity quality to, towards it, an unlimited uh, quality essentially inherent within it because of its connection all the way back to the Atom to the, the infinite essence of Hashem. But still, it's saying, God that this level of Avaya is praised very much, meaning that it's still relevant to talk about. You're able, it's possible to praise this level and to. Um, and it's also relevant, it's possible to have a Chakira investigation. You can contemplate this level, you can um, meditate on it, 
your intellect can grasp it. How it how this level is great and how it's very much praised. So even though we're talking about um, it's very it's very great. It's, it has a it has an infinitude towards it because it's interconnected. It's mechuber all the way back to but being that it's already a defined re- revelation of godliness within the world of Atsilas, basically, <coughs> um, you can fathom it, you can praise it. You can only praise something which you appreciate. You can appreciate it with your mind, therefore you can praise it and how and understand how great it is. And also, according to the way, how much you understand, you contemplate um, the greatness and the quality of this greatness, according to that, will also be the bittel which is produced within you. How much will you feel totally given over to Hashem by contemplating His greatness, depending on how much you understand it, how much you appreciate it. That will be how much you also feel totally bottled to Hashem, nullified, totally surrendered your whole existence to Hashem. So therefore, you can understand different levels. There's different levels of understanding of this Shem This is only relevant when you're talking about the level of the first explanation, which is the revelation of the infinite energy of Hashem, but how it already comes into a condensed, contracted state, external revelation from that infinite energy to enliven worlds. The aspect of divinity which already comes into an enclosed way in the vessels, the channels of Atzilus. That is the level which you can appreciate, even though it's connected back to the, to the infinite essence of Hashem, the infinite energy of Hashem which transcends the world of Atzilus, but it itself is a divine energy which is already relating to limitation and to definition. That is only the revelation from the infinite essence of Hashem. And in that level, it's possible to have a knowledge about the eichus va'ifan agili, about how the gili is and the way the gili is, the way, the way of the revelation and the quality of the revelation, um, because it's already talking about a external revelation from that essence, from that infinite essence, and not the infinite essence itself. And like, for example, in the four letters of Shemavaya, which stand for, like we said earlier, Tzimtzum Yispashtos, Tzimshach of Yispashtos, each letter, the shape of that letter um, symbolizing these different steps of creation, which is the four steps of the creative process need to go through. So that is this first explanation of Shemavaya, which is already relating to creation. This is the way that the divinity is being revealed in a Metzumtzum Dikaway, in a Yispashtos Dikaway. It's possible to have on these levels of divinity, a knowledge and a comprehension. On the next page, on Kufa and Tess, how the revelation is happening. Is it a Metzumtzum revelation? Is it a Yispashtos revelation? Is it a Meshacha? And also, not just in the way of the Gili, but also the Uyid itself, this godly energy itself. How is that godly energy expressed? What is it right now? You can understand the Eichus and the Mahus, even what is that energy, because it's already relating to a diminished, contracted divine energy, which is enclosing the vessels. Therefore, it's Shaykh to have a knowledge, a comprehension, a Tfisa in that, in that energy. Stop there on the top of Ishkuf Ayin Tess.